this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrook. I'm glad you're back with us again this week. And got a got a one for you today that may not uh, be for everyone, but uh, there is a lot of the question about this running around in the the uh, homesteading community. And uh, and that is the question of when your spouse isn't on board with the whole self sufficiency thing. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to share a few thoughts about what to do about that. I, I have a little bit of experience in that, so I'd like to talk a little bit about it. But before we jump into all that, let's just get on with our regular stuff today. Uh, how about some homestead updates? What's been going on around here today? Um, well, a lot of seed collecting going on this time of the year. A lot of things are finishing up. I've let them bolt, or we're just kind of letting things dry out or whatever. So I've been collecting seeds from a lot of things. Uh, getting ready for uh, you know some some seed storage and prepping for next year and actually thinking about selling. I got a, quite an abundance of seeds this year, so I'm thinking about selling some on the website. But I'll let you know for sure if that happens. Um, next weekend is going to be a, a rabbit processing day. Um, just finishing up a, a post on uh, building a, a little rabbit processing station out of a um, a sawhorse. So it's just a quick and easy way. I mean, you don't need to do anything like that to process an animal. But I thought, man, I want to make this a little bit something I can just kind of move out of my way, bring it over here, something to hang the rabbits on, skin them a little bit better. Plus, it's squirrel hunting season, so been processing some squirrels and it, it works good for that as well. So um, yeah, I'll be doing that next week. I was going to do it this weekend, but. Uh, well, they, I think they need another week of growth on them. They're just a, a hair smaller than I like them to be. So I think I'm gonna give them another week and uh, hit them next week and, uh, and process those, uh, those youngins. Um, well, we've had some major website additions going on. I'm going to give you some further updates on that at a later time, not in this podcast, because there's things that are in the, in the change right now. And just got a lot of big news coming up on that. So I'll probably have a whole episode just about on that at some point here in the future. Um, all the things that are new and what, uh, a lot of it is going to be just great for y'all who want more of the modern homesteading podcast to be sure. Um, oh, also I had probably the best beet harvest I've ever had. I, and man, they've been great tasting. Fixed up a big old batch of those the other day. Been also making baby food out of a bunch of them. My grandson just loves them. So 
been uh, making up some of that for him and freezing it and then you know he has baby food for later but uh boy he he loves beets i love beets you know we all love beets right (laughs) but it's been a great year for that so that's what's been going on around here a lot of stuff but nothing overwhelming um like i said a one little building project and just normal everyday stuff for the most part um how about some uh, homesteading news i ran across a couple articles one was from mother earth news and this article is called Small Farm Real Profit. And I thought this was a great article. These notes, uh, the links to these, uh, to these articles will be in the show notes um, uh, at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 66, episode 66 it is. And this, is a, this, this article, Small Farm Real Profit, this inspiring half-acre urban farm in Oregon, is proving that size doesn't matter when it comes to profitability. Great article, very, um, very inspiring as you read about this uh, this neighborhood farm, the Collie Neighborhood Farm, uh, being an example of just what you can do with a half acre of uh, of growing space. And they're producing a lot of food. They're running a CSA. They've sold at farmers markets. Um, it's a great, great story. I won't get into the whole, uh, story, but there's some good pictures of their, their gardens and, um, they even break down some of the financials, their, their budgets, uh, for the 2016 growing season in this article and talk a little bit about, uh, just all they've been doing. So it's a really good article. I think you should jump in there and read it and uh, check it out and, uh, be inspired, be in, be motivated by the fact that you don't need a ton of space or near as much space as you think to have a very productive um, farm, uh, not even just a homestead, but even a farm. I mean, you can actually make money, some very good money with a homestead uh, that size. The other article is uh, comes from, um, I guess it's a local newspaper in the Niagara Falls. It's NiagaraThisWeek.com. And um, this article... I thought it was interesting. Now this, it, it, they're having a it's a um, a tour of homesteads in the area. Now this is done past. I think it happened a couple weeks ago, but I still think the story was inspiring because I ran across it and they talked about how they were going to be running around to the all these different homesteads. But there's there was one homestead in here that they do the story on, uh, and it talks about it says homesteading on display at doors open Grimsby, uh, sentimental farms one of nine locations visitors can tour this weekend. These folks had a small homestead, and uh, they have a lot going on, 30 chickens, big garden, um, just just very inspiring, a half-acre lot. It's also a half-acre plot of land, and um, they say they're growing about 70% of the food that they eat each year, and it looks like they have goats and chickens and large gardens, and, and um, I, I was... I was impressed by the story, and I think you know I love it that these communities are supporting these things with tours and and it's uh, really getting the the message out there that you know what you can do this too. You can do this right where you're at. You don't need even five acres somewhere. If you got a quarter acre, half acre, even a city lot, you can do so much right where you're at. So these kind of stories really inspire me, and I like to pass them on to you when I find them so that you can be inspired as well. So check those articles out. I think they're really good. Also, I had a question uh, for the Front Porch this week. The Homestead Front Porch is our official Facebook group for this podcast. And my question for the Front Porch this week was, what would you say is your greatest success on your homestead? Had a few people chime in on this one with some answers and uh, some good stories, really. Um, The first one was... uh, They really thought one of their greatest uh, successes was baking their daily bread. 
um, as a most rewarding skill that they've learned. And you know what? I think it's such a simple thing that anybody can do. And uh, they even talk about how they were even without power and they cooked them in their outdoor pizza oven and their grill. (laughs) And they also said they didn't buy any canned food because we were stocked up with good wholesome food from scratch. uh, And they're doing some from scratch cooking every day. So that's great. Um, Someone grew enough corn to make uh, 17 pounds of scratch and still have some left over. Uh, some left for me, they said, which I thought was impressive. Uh, starting with meat rabbits this year, another person said, it will make a huge difference for us in this year's uh, fantastic garlic harvest with some of their successes. Uh, someone else said, uh, building things using reclaimed materials that the previous owners l- uh, of our farm left behind, like this eggzebo <laughs> made from a gazebo and lumber they left. Very good. Nice looking little chicken coop there. I like it. Um Another person said building the barn from wood milled from the property or raising enough hogs to help pay for homestead improvements. Very good. Uh, Becoming meat independent was a major milestone. Now we produce enough to sell to other people too. Very good. Um, Somebody else says small accomplishment, but we're just getting started on our homesteading journey. And I got some awesome carrot. I got an awesome carrot crop this year in my raised beds after trying and failing in our main garden last year. Hey, I don't think that's small at all. I think it's huge. And a bunch of what some people would consider small things add up to a a huge accomplishment. So congratulations on that. I mean, I remember just some times when I successfully grew some, some things like that, you know, carrots were a big one for me. I remember having a, like last year I had my best carrot crop I've ever had. And that was a, that was big for me. Um, Someone else says raising critters, cattle, pigs, chickens, and bees. Maybe someday they will start paying the bills. Uh, Another person says, uh, might not be much, but my biggest accomplishment is starting something. I have three meat rabbits now and breaking ground on the chicken run this weekend. My goal is is to next break up the earth and start amending my soil for gardening next year. He's, he goes on to say, it took me a while to get started after overthinking everything. I remember listening to one of Harold's podcasts where he said something to the effect of no matter how big or small, just start something. The words resonated with me and I did something rather than just thinking and worrying about it. <laughs> Good job, brother. And that's true. You know, doing anything is the, is the first step. Uh, you can't, you don't really want to jump into the big stuff first, start with some small stuff and, um, you know, for me, it just started with one raised bed, one raised bed I built, and then I built another one and then I built another one. Then I got some livestock and then I, you know, and then it turns into greenhouses and, you know, growing food everywhere. And, and it, that's what happens. And, uh, yeah, you just got to start somewhere. Uh, another person says biggest success so far buying our home. We'd been in a rented house for 27 years. Every everything since then has been icing on the cake. Good job. Uh, another person says putting up food, canning, smoking, butchering, growing, filling the cupboards. Yeah, that feels good when you do that. Real good. Uh, biggest success getting fencing installed for goats. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a big job. (laughs) Fencing for goats. It has to be good, good fencing. Uh, they also go on to say their biggest goal, uh, barn with milking bay, feed storage and housing for chickens and goats. Yeah. Make those goals. Good job. Uh, transitioning to not purchasing anything for cleaning body and bath supplies for the household. We buy the basic ingredients to make all cleaning, deodorant, toothpaste, shampoo, soap, detergents, lotions, aromatherapy ointments, uh, balms, shaving cream, face wash and toner, bug spray, sunblock, baby wash and wipes. Wow. 
That's great. I mean, to, to make all that stuff, I mean, that's a huge part of homesteading. We don't talk about the in-house part of homesteading near enough. I mean, we always talk about the gardens and the livestock and, you know, putting up food, but um, what's going on there is huge. I, I love that. I, I, I do some of that. We do our own detergent and, uh, and deodorant and some shampoo and we've done, you know, some things like that, but yeah, I'd think it'd be cool to make everything, uh, everything. I love it. How they get right into sunblock, baby wash wipes. I mean, that's awesome. Great job. Um, another person says finding homes for 17 puppies within a year. It didn't cross my mind that having, Land in a garden to attract rabbits meant we'd also attract hungry dogs. We ended up with a couple of stray dogs who de- who decided we were good enough people, so they had three litters of puppies. Wow. Within a year, we got one dog tame enough to give away, still working on the other one, but she's pregnant again. Yeah, you got a lot going on there, but hey, you know, I like that. I love that you're trying to find these dogs' homes. Uh, a lot of people just step out and probably shoot at them for being on their property, and I love it that you're working there trying to find them homes. So good job. Well, there's just some of the, the answers to the question this week from the Homestead Front Porch. If you want to be a member of the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group, uh, just search it on Facebook for Homestead Front Porch and uh, request to join. You'll have to answer two questions, yes. And then we'll get you right in there. So I hope you'll join us over at the Homestead Front Porch. Um, let's jump into our main topic of discussion today. Homesteading when your spouse isn't on board. Uh, wow, it's a huge one. And, and you know, I'm telling you, there, there's a lot of people. I've, got, I've received emails. I've seen other bloggers write about this on their websites. Uh, I think it's bigger than most people think because so often when you first meet your spouse and you're married in the first few years of your marriage, maybe neither one of you are thinking um, down these roads, but then maybe something happens and one spouse and their eyes open, you know, and, and they wake up and they see where they want to go. And uh, the other one isn't there. And it, it, it complicates things when one gets a vision that the other one doesn't have. And, and I say this, I have some thoughts on this because that was my situation to a certain extent. Now, my wife has never fought me on having a homestead or anything. I mean, it's never been a huge issue for her. But at the same time, she was never on board with it all that much either. And But if you know my story, I had cancer. I decided I needed to change the way I ate, the way I lived, my whole lifestyle. You know, the products I was putting on or in my body uh, had to change. So homesteading became huge for me. And so we, we went down this avenue of where I wanted to make some changes that maybe she didn't want to, she didn't want to make. So I want to help others to kind of jump through those hoops. If you're facing this as well, maybe your eyes have been open and you want to go down the homesteading path, or maybe you're on that path already and it's causing some conflict. Let's talk a little bit about that. First, you want to find out why your spouse isn't on board. And I would say, don't just make assumptions but to sit down and ask them, why is it that you have such a huge problem with homesteading? I mean, what is homesteading to you? What do you see is going to happen in homesteading that's going to be so radical that you have a problem with it? And find out those specifics. Get get right down to the nitty-gritty. And don't. this isn't a time to try to convince them. This is a time to listen and say, well, what's the big issue? 
Um, then you're going to want to address the issues that might get them on board. Maybe the, maybe the issue is they think it's going to cost a lot of money, a lot of investments in, in infrastructure and things like that. No doubt it can, in the beginning, cost some money. Maybe your spouse doesn't like taking care of animals. Maybe your spouse doesn't like gardening. They don't like getting their hands dirty. Maybe they're afraid of what people, you know, that people are going to think they're crazy for having such a radical lifestyle. Um, Maybe they don't want to be overworked. They work hard at their day job. They don't want to come home and have to work until night. They want to come home and veg out or go out and hang out and have dinner somewhere and hang out with friends and and do the things that a lot of homesteaders don't have time to do. Um, Maybe they don't want to give up on life's creature comforts and they think that homesteading is going to lead down that road. Um, Whatever it is, talk with them. And then, and now's the time to start looking for compromises. Maybe, maybe that spouse has a, has an idea that's so out there that you're like, well, I don't even want to go there either, you know? And I think it was like that with me and my wife a little bit. When I start talking about homesteading, she has this almost image of off grid, living out in the country off grid. And for some people that is what it is, but I wasn't quite there, but I did want to make radical changes and, and, and grow my own food and raise my own meat. Well, that was a little bit of a problem because we live in the city. So some changes were going to have to happen with our property or we're going to have to move. So we did have to make some compromises. You know, uh, my wife doesn't like to eat anything that comes off our property other than a few vegetables. She won't eat the livestock still to this day. We've been doing this for years now. She still will not eat livestock that we raise. Um, so, but we made a compromise there. I just don't raise so much where I expect her to eat it. You know, I raise enough for me and, and you know, a couple of my kids will eat some of the stuff. They love the quail eggs, especially, um, you know, there's certain things that come off the property that the family loves, but like my wife just doesn't want to partake in a lot of that. And that's fine. She does like some aspects of gardening. She loves to harvest, for example. She doesn't like to weed. She doesn't like to plant, but she loves the harvesting time. She loves to go out and find vegetables and bring, you know, pile them in on the table and just see how much we get. She loves that. Let her partake in that. Um, she doesn't mind the kitchen work. Uh, maybe your spouse, there's some aspect of it that they like, that they think that, you know, they enjoy. So they want to do that part. And, and I say, you know, work out those compromises. Um, no doubt homesteading is some work. Now, if you're going to just expect your spouse who doesn't, this isn't their dream. This isn't their vision to put in the work. Well, you might be expecting too much there. You know, um, and also I think a lot of people think, well, we got to give up all of life's cre- creature comforts. Well, that's why I'm a modern homesteader. I have a computer in front of me. <laughs> I have a TV behind me. Uh, we have everything that, that everyone else has. We're just growing our own food also. But you may have a vision that you don't want any of those things. Uh, maybe you do want to go off grid and you want to live in a different way like that. That's fine. But maybe your spouse has other ambitions in life and wants to enjoy those things. So you have to work these things out. You have to sit down, you have to make compromises. You have to be there for one another. Um, okay. I think you need to start slow. There's, this is going to be my first big piece of advice. Um, once you get past the, the talking with your spouse, start slow. What I mean by that is don't bring in an excavator and do major earthworks on your property so you can put in your new permaculture food forest. Um, If they have a problem with it and they see those kind of changes happen very fast, it's going to scare them and it's going to make people really nervous. And, and, you know, don't take on more than you can handle yourself because, again, if you expect uh, them to jump in and be a big part of it, you might be really disappointed. So start very, very slow. Take on one new thing at a time. Um and, and make sure you can handle the next thing before you, before you add it. I mean, if you're already just so busy, you can't 
C straight, why add something else? Okay. Um, do what you can do what you can yourself, but don't burn yourself out. That's what I would say. Don't burn yourself out. Don't take on so much that you want to give up on it. Um, I would tell you to involve them where you can and when you can. Uh, like I said, my wife doesn't mind kitchen work. She doesn't mind cooking and helping with the preserving. Doesn't mind with the harvesting. Let her. I let her be a part of those things. I, I'm glad to have her be a part of those things. Matter of fact, doing the kitchen stuff is the stuff I like the least. So I'm very open to her doing all that. Um, uh, and involve her in every place that I can. She doesn't like to handle or mess with the livestock. So that one's out. Um, but maybe, maybe your spouse is the same way, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they really love to, to, uh, handle the animals, but they're not really into gardening. Maybe, uh, your spouse loves to build things so you can get them to help you just build some of your building projects that will, that are for the homestead, but they could care less about actually using those things. They just want to help build them because they're really into building things. I mean, there's this, everybody's got their thing. Maybe, maybe your spouse is really good at doing bookkeeping and, and, and planning and things like that. You know, that's part of, um, that's part of homesteading as well. Keep, keeping track of the money, keeping track of the books, uh, doing, doing the, the, the desk work, you know, I mean, if your spouse really loves doing that, get them involved in that, have them help you, um, you know, go through the numbers and, and, and keep track of things. Some people uh, just enjoy things like that. So I would say, you know, get them involved in any area of the homestead that you can. I would say another big thing is let them enjoy the changes and the successes. Uh, and what I mean by that is don't rub it in their face. Just let them notice it. Um, are you eating healthier? They're going to notice that after a while. Uh, maybe uh, the property is just changing and it's starting to look more beautiful. You know what? My wife loves to go in our backyard. She loves to walk among the pathways and between the trees and around the garden beds. And it's beautiful. You know, I mean, it's really nice. It's like a nature walk through the backyard, especially because I've incorporated a lot of permaculture in my backyard. So it has that, it has that uh, nature walk kind of uh, atmosphere. Um, let them enjoy the changes and the successes. Let them enjoy the food that you're growing. You know what? I make a mean salsa. I make a mean salsa out of my garden. Okay. My wife loves that salsa. I don't rub her in her face and say, you know what? That's coming from the garden. You know, that garden you don't want to have anything to do with. No, let her enjoy those, those things. You know what? Every year, well, you know, I'm planning out the garden, what I'm going to grow. It's like, well, you definitely need to grow these things again because I love that salsa or I love those pickles or whatnot. We need to grow those things. So you need to definitely get some, you know, cucumbers and dill out there because I want some more of those, some more of those pickles. Help them out with that and get them involved. And I would say the biggest thing though, the number one thing is though, love them no matter what. This is the person you chose to love for better or worse. And you know why you should be able to pursue your dreams? You should also be there for them to pursue their dreams. And if their dreams doesn't don't exactly line up with your dreams, that's okay. You know, make some compromises. Help them with their dreams and, you know, and and just support them. And you can't control everything about the way they're going to support you, but you can make it easier for them. I've met I've I've seen so many situations where I really have seen this, and it's sad to me that people get this homesteading dream. But their homesteading dream is so radical. It's an off-grid, raise every bit of our own food, um, get away from people, get away from technology, you know, throw all the TVs out, make this radical, radical change. And that's fine for some people. But, you know, there's compromises. There's a whole 
area of in between from where you're at now and that where you could compromise and land. And, and I would say do that because your relationship with your spouse is more important than the whole package. Now I would say, don't give up on your dream either completely. You know, at the very least you can grow some things in a pot and you can just take baby steps and baby steps until you, you know, find that balance. Okay. There, there's like, again, there's so many areas of compromise in between that radical full blown homesteading off grid to where you're at now land somewhere in there, but start, start very slowly, work your way to where that compromise is going to land and, and maintain that relationship with your spouse and do not throw away a relationship for a dream that may or may not even be what you want completely. Because I've also seen situations where people went to a place like that with their homestead and they figured out that, nah, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. And you may not even want that in the end. There might be a balance somewhere in between where you'd rather land. So there's my advice. That's that's what my two cents worth on um, homesteading when your spouse isn't on board. So I hope that helps some of you that are struggling. You know, it was kind of funny this week. I, I had... I, I write several months ahead. I'll put down some some topics of things I'd like to have a podcast or a blog post about in the future. And this has been on the list for a while. And about a week and a half ago or so, I had actually scheduled this up for the next podcast I was going to do. And it was so funny because just this last week in our Homestead Front Porch Facebook group, uh, it became the topic of a couple threads in there. And I'd mentioned that, hey, that's what the next uh, podcast is on. So I know people think about this. I know that people talk about this, and this is something that's on a lot of people's mind, and it's something that, you know, me, myself, I've dealt with. So I just, I hope what I've been saying today will help some of you. It'll motivate you. It'll it'll help you have a little patience and maybe settle with a little bit of compromise and uh, that it'll help you land somewhere in the middle. So there you have it, folks. Homesteading when your spouse isn't quite on board with your homesteading. Uh, how about a couple recommendations today? Um, boy, I got a big one for you. If you're thinking about starting a website, uh, you're going to need a website host. I'm going to suggest you get a hold of Bluehost. Now, there'll be a link in the show notes uh, for Bluehost. Um Wow, they saved my tail last week. I I told you I've been making some big changes on the website. Well, I messed up. And one night, I was I bought another domain name, and I was working on that. And I was getting ready to load WordPress up on that, which is what the platform also you want to use. And I went to load WordPress up, and guess what? I clicked on the wrong domain name, and I completely erased my website. The website is where I store this, the files for this podcast. So this podcast and my website were gone. Three and a half years of work were gone. And my backups couldn't find them. I make backups weekly. They were empty. I had file names there. There was nothing in the file. <laughs> and I was panicking. Got a hold of Bluehost. Talked with the lady there. Within It took a while for her to load it back up, but they loaded my website back up and great customer service. And I've actually heard people complain about the customer service at Bluehost. At one point, I complained about some downtime I was having, but they were going through some backup issues where they were they were basically backing up their, their uh, servers and doing some things. And it was a short, maybe a couple months there where it seemed like I was down a little bit, and I was kind of complaining about them. Let me tell you something. I'm not complaining about them no more. They so saved my rear end <laughs> last week uh, that 
Hey, if you're thinking about building a website or a blog for your homestead or whatever, uh, check out Bluehost. I have a link in the show notes uh, for Bluehost's uh, uh, information. They're really affordable and great customer service. And like I said, they really saved me because <laughs> we probably wouldn't be having this podcast right now had I not been able to get those backups from them. And they restored it for me. Had a little bit of issues on the restore. Everything didn't come back up. I had to load some pictures up. I didn't even find that out till earlier today. And that's been a few days now. And I had some, some blog posts that the pictures weren't even showing in. So I had to go in and reload those pictures and stuff. But that's all back now. Looking good. Thank you, Bluehost, for saving the day. And if uh, again, if you're looking for um, looking for a place to host your next website or your website and blog, check out Bluehost. Um, thank you all for uh, making this podcast possible uh, through your donations through PayPal and using our affiliate link, our Amazon affiliate link, and our other affiliates. Um, go to smalltownhomestead.com. You can see all the information on that. Also, thank you for leaving iTunes reviews. Got another uh, uh, five star review this last week, and thank you for that. And, uh, again, the show notes for this episode can be found at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 66. Go check out those uh, relevant news articles. Check out the recommendations. Look at some show notes on what I was talking about today. And uh, jump in the Homestead front porch and be a member in there. We'd love to have you. So until next week, happy homesteading and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Tomorrow.